Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you are looking for a sports bar that has it all, and I mean has it all, you need to go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Seriously, they have everything under one roof. Every seat, great seat to watch for your favorite teams. Plus, they will have every NFL game this season, of course, starting tonight. And then... Full slate of games on Sunday. They've also got a pool hall with 15 tables. They also have pool leagues as well. Live music, no cover, and the best happy hour in Lakewood by far. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from three until seven o'clock. Sounds like everything, right? I mean, you walk in there, you could always find something to do. That's how great Greenfields is. Of course, they're going to yes. have the game. They'll up. have the. They'll have. Have, and they have the Sunday ticket, right? So they have every of course they, they have every NFL game on every Sunday. I'll tell you something else. Yeah. They're a huge avalanche bar. Huge. Okay. And they always have great drink specials during Avs games. And you know what? That means they've got altitude because not everyone gets altitude at home. So you can go watch the Avs games there. That's right. That matters too. With great drink specials as well. Go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have nearly 155 star reviews? No one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a friend, Ryan O'Halloran. He covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. How are you, Ryan? Fellas, good to visit with you again. Dude, I hate to hit you with a hammer right off the hop, but why so down on the Broncos with a 7-10 and record and then losing to Jacksonville? Well, I think I turned that in like a month ago. Uh, oh, are you so, changing? I know you used to cover the well, Jaguars. I didn't realize that, that you are still tied to them. Well, I think if, uh, if, if the result, if the Broncos win on Sunday, I'll probably switch my pick. I mean, some of that stuff that's going to appear in our magazines on day, I have no recollection already. So, yeah, <laughs> so what, uh, what would you pick them today? Now, if you could do a redo, a reset, well, how would how would you look, look at this team moving forward? Yeah, maybe a win or two more, but I, I, I didn't want to pick eight, nine, or nine and eight because that's I mean, that's like you, you used to pick eight and eight to me as a cop out. So yeah, you gotta uh, bend a little bit. So I went with seven and ten. If everything goes right, you know, can they go nine and eight or ten and seven potentially? But uh, this offense still got to show me a lot that it can uh, score against starters. And that's kind of a good question. Let's, it leads me into Sunday. This the, really the first chance for this offense to go against a full first-team defense, a Giants defense that actually played well down the stretch last year. What are you expecting to see, and what do the Broncos hope to see? Well, you know, Leonard Williams is a problem. And so it's, I think it's going to be tough to run against the Giants front. You know, they have gone the same route 
as the Broncos in terms of rebuilding their secondary, and that's through outside outside means, free agents, a uh, whole bunch of on, on that back end, and then they're very good in the red zone. So I think you have to be aggressive. And, 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 and you know, if you're going to lean on your defense this year, you got to get a lead. And to me, that means uh, being a, you know create some tempo early, maybe a little no huddle, to, you know keep the Giants in the personnel group you like them. And then also, I would go with a Javante Williams at running back, and also I try to get all my skill position guys involved early. Because if you get ahead on the Giants, then then you are really in good shape because their offense is not built to uh, come from behind right now. You have joined uh, us in the past, and one reason I enjoy having you on is because of some of the conversations we have had off air on this show, but also when I'm out of Broncos practice and I see you there. I appreciate your honesty, your candor, your thoughtfulness, and your being pragmatic. I, I think you're one of those guys where you don't have a horse in the race. So I want to go back to the quarterback position because it has become a become a very hot topic, obviously, as you know, around here. Are you a lock guy? Are you a Bridgewater guy? Do you believe that Vic Fangio made the right decision at the quarterback position? Um, you, know, uh, you know, sort of a longer answer. I thought entering camp that uh, Drew Locke should have been a starter, and I think he backed that up. I thought he was a surprise with, with how consistent he was and how well he played. That said, I thought Big Fangio was always going to go with Teddy from the moment they traded for him, and then especially when the schedule came out. You know, Vic is very confident in his, in his defensive play calling abilities and his abilities to beat young quarterbacks. Come out of the gate, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I think Vic looks at the schedule and says, hey, my defense is going to stop those kids. I need a quarterback who will not give them free possessions in the red zone or even crossing midfield. So I think uh, you know, I, I, I could have gone either way. I think you know, the, the right decision was most likely made because of who they're playing early. It's an interesting point. We've never yeah. even talked about that. <laughs> and I, I, th- I think you're a pretty smart guy. I'm yeah. not. I would expect that out of you, Mason. Well, the, me. We have talked a little bit about that, that you need to get off to a fast start. You have you have these. Yeah, but you, Brian explained yeah. it better. I yeah. expect I expect more out of you, Mason. <laughs> I've, been explaining, I've been explaining that to you for months. You should, expe- <laughs> I, you should expect nothing I mean, from me. Good job, Brian. You want to do the show? Uh, yeah. Well, you guys gotta take vacations every once in a while. But uh, you know, I do think it's—I think the decision from Vic was a lot tougher than he anticipated. Because let's face it, when we were out there during the offseason program, it looked like Drew Lock 2020. But obviously, he he was able to uh, you know pick up on the stuff he did wrong in the spring and play well. But I just think at this point, it's about uh, the safer pick because of who you're playing, and that's Bridgewater. You tweeted out in the last hour, if the Ravens need immediate running back, cornerback help on expiring contracts, I know a team that could pick up the phone. I tweeted out earlier this afternoon that it's interesting. The Ravens have those huge needs of those positions, and the Broncos have depth, and of course they've had calls about the cornerback position this summer. If Let's say the Ravens did inquire about Melvin Gordon or Bryce Callahan. What do you think would be a fair price for the Broncos to try to get? Um, you know, let's start with Gordon. Is you, uh, if if uh, if uh, DeCosta calls George Payton, George's got all leverage. And so I start with like a third round pick that could be going to come a second uh, because the Ravens are desperate. I'm leaning more towards Fuller than Callahan. 
mm-hmm. in terms of being available because then you can plug Sertan in on that outside spot. I do think Bryce is still a top nickel in this league. If you do trade Bryce, uh, then who plays inside? You know, Sertan, that's a new position. There's going to be some growing pains to put him where he's comfortable. So that would be my thing. If Mike Boone was healthy, I think this would be a, a very good possibility. If it was two weeks ago, Royce Freeman was still here, same thing. So uh, for the running back, but uh, you see teams do it all the time that they overpay when they get hit by injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm the Broncos, I'd be uh, start thinking about that maybe get through this weekend first. We're talking with Ryan O'Halloran, covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. How concerned should the Broncos be about? Oh, here we go again with Bradley Chubb's health. Well, they should be, and because uh, you know there's a track record, they're going all the way back to high school. He's, you know, two ACLs and ankle. And, now we you know, had the ankle uh, before the Ram game still played, kind of interesting. That happened. Uh, I think today was a positive development. We don't really know what he did. They listed him as limited after going doing nothing yesterday. And one thing I thought Mark Kidd hit, hit nail on head yesterday, or excuse me, today's call, is this guy, you know, he couldn't stop mixing up with Garrett Bowles this summer, temper tantrums, you know, holding off the surgery for six months. Now the ankle decides to still play in a preseason game. You know the off the field stuff. It's just it just something just seems a little off kilter right now, and I'm not sure what it is. But the leadership on this team has got to tell Chubb, "Hey, you're playing for a hundred million dollar contract this year potentially." Because George Payton, the MO of the Vikings when George was there was, if you're a first round pick, they extend you after year four, mm-hmm. and they do it handsomely. So I think you know if uh, Chubb gets on the field, he's got to stay on the field. You think some of that maybe is uh, why he was not among the team captains named this week? Yeah, it's always interesting about uh, team captains. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought Sutton was a great choice because you got to have you got to have some of that new guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but also I think Vaughn just has such stature in that locker room between the veterans and the young guys. Even though he doesn't like to, you know, label himself as a vocal leader, that that didn't. Uh, you know, too much surprised me, but it is something interesting, and it's it's uh, you know, you know that's why that's why we miss open locker because you could go up to a couple guys this week and say, "What you think of the captains?" Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't do that. I miss that too. All right, so I just went on to your uh, Twitter feed to uh, check out what you did tweet out. I noticed two very interesting things. Uh, one thing that I did not know about you, and the other thing I suppose really shouldn't shock me. Uh, number one, you don't follow me, but, you know, whatever. That's totally cool. Uh, but the other thing is, and I say that jokingly. Follows me. <laughs> I know he does because he respects you. I did not know, I did not know that you were a Kansas State alum. When were you at K-State? Um, I was uh, transferred in for my last two and a half years. So I, my first football season, I was 95, 96, 97. And then 98, 99 was my first job at the uh, paper in Manhattan. Well, you are a kid. You are a kid compared to me. I think I have cavities older than you. I covered K-State from 92 to 94, right when the team started taking off. But that was a hell of a time for to be in Manhattan that Ryan was because saw the Michael Bishop era in particular. Yeah. Yep. It was a it was a fantastic time, honestly, to be covering college football. And we just we we didn't necessarily overlap. When I was there, Ryan, they were getting good. And when I left, they really took off when you got there. Yeah, and I was uh, trying to like re remember re remember the bowl games I covered. I think it was uh Holiday Cotton Siesta Alamo. 
Right. And, and, I, 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 yeah. and I covered like the Copper Bowl, but I will tell you But this. the Copper Bowl was a big deal when they went because it was their first bowl in, I think, like 11 years. They played Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 1992 or 1993, and Wyoming had a wide receiver, Ryan Yarborough, yeah, and everybody thought, him. what's this kid going to do? But the... Boy, K-State's defense was fantastic. They always had a great secondary. But I'll, I'll tell you uh, how, how you know you have gotten old. And you haven't gotten to this point yet because you never covered Kevin Lockett. Does that sound right to I you? Did. You did? did? Yeah. Kevin Lockett, the wide receiver. Yeah, who's the son or father of Tyler. Okay, I didn't re- see. I covered Kevin, too. And I'm thinking when I saw Tyler get into the league, I'm thinking, man, I am old when I'm covering a guy, and now his son is playing. And Lockett was there in 96 at K-State. Yeah. yeah well, and, no, uh, he's... Kevin, Go ahead. Well, Kevin delivered one of the best quotes of all time yeah. after they got blown out by Nebraska, and I go up to him and I say, when did frustration start for you, for you offensively? And he looks at me and goes, first play, first quarter. Wow. I'll, I'll ask you this, and you've covered a lot of head coaches. I've covered you know all sports. You, you've mainly been a football guy. I don't know if you'll agree with me, and I love him to pieces, and he's a great, great man, but the most painful press conferences I've ever sat through in my career, covering about 14 professional teams and too many college teams to count, sitting through a Bill Snyder press conference was breathtakingly, awfully boring. Would you yeah, echo Bill, that? Uh, yeah, Bill was tough. Uh, oh. you, know, you know, like he got the reputation of being like, you know, no access, whatever, whatever. But you know, and but you know, practices were closed. But that's a lot of places. But my first two years there is you had unfettered access to the assistant coaches who, at that time, included Brent oh. Venables, yep, Bob Stoops, yep, Mike Stoops, yep, Mark Mangino, yep. And I still run into those guys. And uh, so that was one thing that Bill had a hell of a coaching tree. He did. That's where they screwed up, where they hired Ron Prince. Yep. Uh, and then Bill had to come back and try and save the day again. But I do like the Chris Kleiman hire coming from North Dakota State. Uh, and obviously Stanford just must be god-awful. Well, and did you cover Dana Altman in basketball? I missed him. I had Tom Asbury uh, for the men's side. Well, remember John Weefald, the president? The Weef. Well, listen, I'll tell you, I know we got to hit a break. So I got to know John <laughs> Weefald pretty well. You ready for this? So I'm sitting in his office, and we're just, we're just, just chatting back and forth. They had just let go of Dana Altman. And so he looked at me and said, do you have anybody in mind who you think we should hire as our head coach? And a buddy of mine who I worked with in Montana, his uncle was Tom Asbury, who was coaching at Pepperdine at the time. And I said, man, Tom Asbury is doing great things with Doug Christie at Pepperdine. You might want to take a look at him. Well, then they hire him, and he was terrible. And I partly feel responsible for that. Well, you should. You know, I like Tom a lot because he, I was just a punk student reporter, but he treated me pretty well and yeah. uh, gave me some great quotes. But I don't know, we sort of got sidetracked there. But I think the Broncos went on Sunday. I think they covered <laughs> Boy, you were boy. Well, that was a nice hard two. right turn. Hey, Good job, Ryan. Twenty three thirteen. I agree. I think they're going to cover the game. Ryan, That's I appreciate fun. you joining us on the show as always. Now that I'm on your Twitter page, just to be spiteful, I'm not going to follow you anymore. Totally kidding. Well, and you know why? You know why? Because I need the news from you. That's why I have to follow you. Because you're that good at what yep. you do. Ryan, thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Ryan. All right, fellas. Take care now. Appreciate it.
All right, coming up after the break, we have football tonight. Can you believe it? We have made it. Football that counts. Yes. So in less than an hour, we have the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. And why in the hell is it the Dallas Cowboys? There are other better choices. What were they? What game should be tonight? Not the Cowboys-Buccaneers. We'll talk about that next. I'm just 